0: European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 41, Issue 5. Focus Issue, Superventricular Tachycardia, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Current Management of Superventricular Tachycardias, the 2019 ESC Guidelines. Arrhythmias are an important symptom of a variety of cardiac diseases and associated with significant morbidity and mortality. Superventricular tachycardias are mostly not life-threatening but cause considerable symptoms impairing quality of life and, in the case of atrial fibrillation, are an important cause of embolic stroke and dementia. As outlined in The Year in Cardiology, Arrhythmias and Pacing, by John Cam and colleagues from the St George's University London in the United Kingdom, this last year we have seen much progress with regards to the use of anticoagulant and the prevention of stroke and dementia, as well as ablation therapy for atrial fibrillation. Apart from recently issued European Society of Cardiology guidelines for the management of patients with supraventricular arrhythmias, which are part of this focus issue, there has been little research progress in this field. Ventricular arrhythmias and device therapy, on the other hand, have seen modest progress, particularly with regards to ventricular fibrosis and fatal arrhythmias, which may become an important decision maker for device therapy in heart failure patients. Episodes of fast atrial fibrillation are highly symptomatic and often require direct current cardioversion. Although quite safe, cardioversion is associated with thromboembolic events, even with anticoagulation, particularly vitamin K antagonists. Low escalating energy shocks are common practice, but the optimal energy selection is unknown. In their Fast Track manuscript, maximum fixed energy shocks for cardioverting atrial fibrillation Bohr Lufgren and colleagues from the Aarhus University Hospital in Denmark compared maximum fixed and low escalating energy shocks for cardioverting atrial fibrillation. In a single centre, single-blinded, randomised trial they allocated 276 elective atrial fibrillation patients to cardioversion using maximum fixed 360 360 360 J or low escalating 125 150 200 J Biphasic Truncated Exponential Shocks Sinus rhythm one minute after cardioversion was achieved in 88% in the maximum fixed energy group and in 66% in the low escalating energy group. Sinus rhythm after first shock occurred in 75% in the maximum fixed energy group compared to 34% in the low escalating energy group. Thus. Maximum fixed energy shocks are more effective compared with low escalating energy shocks for cardioverting atrial fibrillation with similar safety. These clinically important findings are further discussed in an editorial by Helmut Klein and colleagues from the University of Rochester Medical Center in the United States. Patients with atrial fibrillation are usually seen by a cardiologist, but nurse-led care is increasingly common also in the management of other cardiac diseases, such as heart failure. Nurse-led care is expected to be more patient-centred with potential to reduce events. In their fast-track, nurse-led versus usual care for atrial fibrillation, Harry craings from the University Medical Center Maastricht in the Netherlands and the Race 4 investigators randomised 1,375 patients with atrial fibrillation to receive nurse-led care or usual care by specialised nurses. With nurse-led care, 81% of patients received anticoagulation in accordance with the guidelines and 82% of usual care patients. The cumulative adherence to the guideline-based recommendation was 61% under nurse-led care and 26% under usual care. Over 37 months, the primary endpoint occurred in 9.7% per year under nurse-led care and in 11.6% per year under usual care. There were 7% and 9.4% hospitalizations for arrhythmia events per year, and 0.7% and 1.1% per year for heart failure, respectively. Crayings et al. concluded that their trial failed to show that nurse-led care was superior to usual care. These results are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by Justin Ezekiewicz from the University of Alberta in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Perioperative atrial fibrillation is a common event and most likely related to inflammation due to wound healing and or infection. In their manuscript, risk of stroke and other adverse outcomes in patients with perioperative atrial fibrillation one year after non-cardiac surgery David Conan from the McMaster's University in Hamilton, Canada, and the Climer investigators determined the one year risk of stroke and other adverse outcomes in patients with a new diagnosis of perioperative atrial fibrillation after non cardiac surgery. The perioperative ischemic evaluation, or POIS 1 trial, compared metaprolol versus placebo in 8,351 patients and POISE two compared aspirin versus placebo and clonidine versus placebo in 10,010 patients with, or at risk of, cardiovascular disease undergoing non-cardiac surgery. Among 18,117 patients, 2.2% experienced perioperative atrial fibrillation. The stroke incidence one year after surgery was 5.58 versus 1.54 per 100 patient years in patients with and without perioperative atrial fibrillation with an adjusted hazard ratio of 3.43. Patients with perioperative atrial fibrillation also had an increased risk of death with an adjusted hazard ratio of 2.51 and myocardial infarction with 5.10. Thus, although less common than anticipated, Perioperative atrial fibrillation is associated with a significantly increased risk of stroke, infarction, and death at one year. Whether and what intervention studies might now be necessary is further discussed in an editorial by Deepak Kotecha from the University of Birmingham College of Medical and Dental Sciences in Birmingham, United Kingdom. This issue also contains the 2019 ESC guidelines for the management of patients with supraventricular tachycardia the Task Force for the Management of Patients with Supraventricular Tachycardia of the European Society of Cardiology, or ESC, developed in collaboration with the Association for European Paediatric and Congenital Cardiology, AEPC, by Joseph Brugada and colleagues from the ESC Scientific Document Group. Lastly, the issue is complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a first one entitled, Bang for the Buck, The Importance of Modifiable Factors for Electrical Cardioversion of Atrial Fibrillation. David Berney and colleagues from the University of Ottawa Heart Institute in Canada comment on the study published in this issue entitled Maximum Fixed Energy Shocks for Cardioverting Atrial Fibrillation. Löfgren and colleagues respond to it in their contribution. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.